and we uh, for the, our final week of this of their morning uh, morning class, the morning shear, going to Pesach. So we're doing something Pesachtic. Yesterday we began a piece from the Maharal in Gvuris Hashem on the ten Makas. I think le- yeah, le- there was a question if we're doing what we did last year. We're not doing what we did last year. I think last year we talked about matzah, right? We also did something from the Maharal. Last year I think we did the Maharal on matzah, on matzah I believe. Um, and, and this year we're going to do where we started yesterday. The Makas, the Gurus Hashem, is a very big safer. There's plenty to keep us busy. Right? For the next several centuries we could you know, do our one week Pesach Limud, uh, one year at a time, and, and have we have several centuries worth of material over here. Um, we're doing something on the Makas to get ourselves back up to speed over here. Not just on the Makas, we're, we're doing the Maral's, um, the, the, the Maral's analysis and development of Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yehuda's cryptic statement in the Haggadah. We bring down this Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yehuda, Hayanoisim Behem Simonim. Rabbi Yehuda gave an acronym to the Makas, Detzach Adash Ba'achav. And Mara wants to know what's the significance of this acronym. Like we can do that also. We, we know Rashi Tevis. We know we know the, the the first letters of each of the Makas. We could have done this on our own. What's the significance of Rabbi Huda doing this? What's the significance of this being included in the Makas? And what does it have to do with the greater overall Mrs. Halayil, which is Sipur Yitzis Mitzrayim? So we saw yesterday. Um, and summarize what we saw yesterday. The Maharal sees significance not just in the. Um, giving it the Rashi Tevis, making these acronyms, but the Maharal sees significance in how the acronyms are arranged. It's not so much about giving us the first letter of each of the Makas, but it's about how Rabbi Yehuda puts it together. Rabbi Yehuda breaks the Makas into three groups of three plus, and three plus one. Tetzach, Adash, and Bachab, which is three plus one. Three, three, and three plus one. Maharal is putting a lot of significance over there. And the Maharal sees primarily what Rabbi Yehuda really wants to do, not so much as to give us a way to remember all the Makas. Memorize, it's a, not just a mnemonic how to have the Makas arranged in your head in the right order, but rather Rabbi Yehuda is, is breaking it up into three groups. And Rabbi Yehuda is saying there's something significant about these three groups. And the Maharal took that further. Something significant about the three groups being arranged into triplets. One, two, three. One, two, three. One, two, three. That's really what Rabbi Huda wants. Um, now the Maharal didn't speak this part out, but this we could presumably fill in this blank on our own. The way the Maharal's understanding Rabbi Huda's statements in the Haggadah. Again, what does Rabbi Huda say in the Haggadah? Rabbi Huda hoya noisim behem simanim. Rabbi Huda gave the Makkah simanim. So simanim. Pashup Shav Simonim again just means a mnemonic, a memory aid, a way to remember them. The way the Maharal is learning is Simonim here means significance. Simonim means categorization. Rabbi Huda gave the following significance themes to the Makas. A simon here means significance, means a theme, means a common thread. Says Rabbi Huda, what are the Simonim to understanding how the Makas worked? Once there's a Ditzach, there's an Adash, and there's a Bachav. That's how the Makas break themselves down, to three groups of three. Okay, the Maharal was building up all of his um, foundational ideas yesterday, and we're going to see today, he's going to start putting things together. What he, saw, what he showed us yesterday, that once you break the Makas, once you see that the Makas is really um, a, a uh, arrangement of three groups of three, you see a pattern that's going on in the three groups, that there's a pattern. Maharal sees a pattern, um, a pattern in terms of the threesome and a pattern in terms of the group of three. And what does that mean? 
there is a there's a a, a um, recurring pattern that's common to all three groups, and then there's something there's a pattern going on and breaking it into these three groups altogether. Within the three groups, you have one, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three, A, B, C, A, B, C, A, B, C, and that pattern of the one, two, three is in each group of three. The first maka we warn Paro outside of his house at the river at the at the yor. The second mark in every group, Paro gets warned in his house, in his palace, by El Paroi, right? The first mark is, is, um, is um, we tell Moshe, Hashkeim, uh, get up early in the morning, and go find Paro at the river. The second mark is, by El Paro, go to Paro's house, and warn him over there. The third mark in every group is, Paro doesn't get any warning. The third mark always comes without any warning. So in the Tetzach, Dam, we find Paro at the, at the river. Svardeya, we warn Paro in his house. Kinim comes without warning, without any warning. Adash is ending. Arov, Moshe is told to find Paro early in the morning, outside of his house. Dever, we go to Paro and warn him in his house. Shechin comes without warning, and so on and so forth. V'chein hola, ba'achav. That's one pattern that is going on over there, and there's something going on with that. The Maharal hasn't told us the significance of the ayat, but that's clearly a pattern that emerges once we make this breakdown. The second pattern the Maharal saw yesterday was that, l- let's say we have three groups. Again, the Tzach, Adash, Bachav, we'll call them A, B, and C. The Tzach is A, Adash is B, Bachav is C. Within each A, we have one, two, three. We have A, one, two, three, B, one, two, three, C, one, two, three. But in the A, B, and C are different Areas, different zones where we are giving paromakas. Zone A, zone B, and zone C. The Maral quite um, um, quite scrutinizingly uh, identifies three different zones in each of the three sets of makas. The makas of the Tzach all affect. He makes three zones of of uh, three three um, biomes, right? three different environments. There's the environment which is below ground, from our feet and below, below, you know, terrain, below terra firma, below where people and animals live. There's the environment which is from the ground and above, habitat, human and, and animal habitat. And then there's the environment above the human habitat, it's the environment of the sky. So below ground, above ground, and above, above ground, the sky. Below ground zone, above ground zone, and sky zone. Sky zone. It said the Maral, Tzach, all three makas are below ground. Dam Tzfardeya Kinim. Right? Dam affects the rivers, all the, the bodies of water are below ground. Tzfardeya, the Ramchal told us, are amphibious. They live in the water. Kinim is from the dirt, from the ground, from the dust itself. Adash is all above ground, it's affecting humans and, and animals. That's the above ground habitat. And Bachav is everything is coming from the skies. The, 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 the hail and the arba, the locusts, and chayshach, it's all coming from the skies. And the Maral said, Maral said a few times, so what about the third grouping is three plus one, we want to know. Three, three, and three plus one. So Makas Bechar Ziyari told us a few, time, a few times, like the all-encompassing Maka that, that captures everything. And he spoke that out very eloquently when it comes to the zones. Makas Bechar affects everyone on all zones. It affects the Neshama, which is from the higher zones, the body, which is from the middle zone, and those in the grave, which is the lower zone, um, the, the, the low, below ground level. Okay, so now we have three different, uh, I'm sorry, two different patterns in the three triplets. So what do we do with that? And, and now what? And now what? So that's where, kind of where we're up to over here. And now what? So what's the significance of the 1, 2, 3, A1, A2, A3? We warn Paro out of his house. We warn Paro in his house. We don't even warn him. B1, B2, B3, we warn him out of the house, in his house. We don't even warn him. 
and these different zones of, of, of habitats. What's going on with that? Why is that indeed the, the pattern over here? So the Marau is now going to take us further. So we are on, this is Perak Nun Zayin in Gevuris Hashem, page Reish Nun Beis in the standard edition of the Marau's. And um, we are on the left-hand column. The left-hand column. Um, seven lines down at the period. Lekach. Yeah, Now this is the reason why in, the, in each group we have a pattern which emerges as to how we warn Paro. The first Maka we tell Moshe, get up early, go find him outside of his house, go give him the Hasra, warn him down by the river, by the Nile. Why? Why the first Maka in every set we give him the Hasra, we warn him outside of his house? So this is an interesting idea. Moshe wasn't given permission. He wasn't given permission to go to Pyro's house. It's not that, see, this is counterintuitive uh, to our intuition. We would have said that what? What was the point of warning Pyro outside of his house? The point of warning him outside of his house is to happen, right? Ha <laughs> red-handed, right? Kotchu, red, bodied. That's right. Caught you in, in the... In, uh, I'm not going to make any more puns on, on denial over here. But we caught you in a river which, which, where, where you are trying to cloak your, um, your, your uh, mortality. You're trying to you know, get away with presenting yourself as a god. So we caught you in the act of... Um, of... Uh, of... Um, you know taking care of your bodily functions, your bodily needs. Agav, how did, how did Moshe know that? How did anybody know? Like, if you would catch Paro there in the Nile, maybe he's just ba- bathing himself, right? He's standing probably in the water up to his, his, his belly or his chest or his shoulders. Had they know that Paro was indeed taking care of his bodily functions, maybe he was bathing himself? You know what the terrace is? He was holding a mishpacha magazine. <laughs> That's how they knew. <laughs> That's how they knew. <laughs> anyway, with the New York Times. <laughs> Okay, anyway, um, so, uh, he, he, he wasn't doing, he wasn't doing for us. Anyway, all right, all right, all right, all right, okay, okay. Uh, so, so, uh, back to, uh, back to the Bairal, Rabbi, say, back to the Bairal. Um, uh, yeah, so, um, so we would have said, what's the point of Moshe giving him warning by the first Makkah when he's there in the Yor, when he's there in the Nile? To, 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 you know, for the ignominy, to, to shame him, to, 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 to embarrass him, that I'm going to find you, I'm going to crap you and catch you in the act of, you know, of, of, of taking care of your bodily needs. So it's like part of, like, the oinish of paro, part of the, the, the whole procedure of, of the Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, which was to, uh, to, to um, you know, um, return in kind to Paro and to Mitzrayim, all the sufferings that they gave to the Yidden, so we're going to go and warn him in a state of, of uh, you know, embarrassment, of shame. So the Maral is saying, no, it's actually, in fact, the opposite. It's the opposite. He has a whole different take on this. And let's see that again. Why is Moshe, in the first of each set of, of the three sets of Makkas, warning Paro outside of his? Because he did not yet have permission, he wasn't granted permission to go into his house. He wasn't given yet the, the authority to go 
into Paris' house brazenly and boldly, Moshe, for Moshe to go brazenly and boldly into Paris' palace and to warn him in his own palace. He had to find him outside of his palace. He, wasn't, he didn't have permission and authority from whom? From Paro? No, from God. Three but I'm not authorizing you to warn Paro in his house. There's already a higher level of boldness and brazenness. No, no, no. You'll find him outside of his house. Find him, you know, uh, find him in the Makolet. Find him when he's getting in his, in his car. Find him when he's getting out of his car. You'll chap him somewhere else. But you won't get him in his house. It's the idea of chapping him. Chapping Paro. But not, not to shame Paro, but fakir. To still be subordinate to Paro. This is very, very significant, okay? But he didn't have authority yet to go into his Paro's house. Kim Kasher Yetze Paramaimo, you gotta chap Paro when he's on the go. Shazem Mayrish She'ein Lairishus Kokacha Paro. This makes it clear that Maisha does not yet have a, 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 a high level, a high degree of authority over Paro yet. Shayna Nichnas Levesoi, Lahasra is by. You're not going into his house, walking, just strolling into Paro's palace to, 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 to um, you know, address Paro uh, on Moshe's terms. Ki'im Kasher Yifka boy, you have to wait till you bump into him. Wait till you bump into Paro. Again, catch him on the fly, catch him on the go, catch him outside of his house. Interesting. Uvishniya, the second Maka, Hoysef Limshol Olav. The second Mako, he begins to have a little bit more authority over Paro. The Lavoy El He now he has authority over Paro, now he has permission to go into his house. Ula Hasras boy, and to give him warning in his own house. Excuse me. There is, on the one hand, more of a display of Moshe's authority, of Moshe's stolz. Moshe has more of a stolz in the second Makkah than the first, because he's strolling right into Paro's living room and giving Paro warning in his own living room. The second time, he doesn't have full authority in the fact that he's making clear to Paro, look, I'm giving you a warning that if you don't listen, you're going to get a Makkah. But on the other hand, I, I'm not just throwing the Makkah at you. I, I, I would rather you not get this Makkah. It's almost like a, a, an apology. Paro, please make sure we don't have to send you Tzfardeya. Please make sure we don't have to send you Dever. Let the Yidden go so that we don't have to send the Makkah. So what does that show? There's more of a Stoltz, but not a complete Stoltz, in that Moshe is negotiating. He's trying to deal with Paro. He's trying to negotiate with Paro. Paro, I'd rather not bring this Makkah upon you. Everybody understand? So there's still a certain degree of negotiating. So Moshe has more authority, but he doesn't have the complete upper hand because he's trying, he's making Paro into a player. He's making Paro into a man or someone that you deal with, someone that you negotiate with. Paro, look, let's talk. Let's sit down and talk rationally. I have this mark in my pocket that I could throw at you. I, I don't want to throw at you. I'd rather get something from you that would, that would you know, uh, make it that I don't have to hurl this mark at your way. And I'd like to get something from you. So let's make a deal. I need something. You need something. I need the juice to go free. You need to ensure that Mitzrayim won't be swarming with frogs. So let's talk. I'll make sure that Mitzrayim doesn't swarm with the frogs, and you'll let the Yidden go. There's more authority that he's walking right into his house, but again, there's not total authority because he's negotiating. Negotiating. That's the second Makkah. Uveshlishis, the third Gamri. The Makkah just comes. We don't ask Paro for his opinion. We don't try to negotiate anymore. Not trying to deal with Paro. We just hurl that third Makkah, the Kinem, the Shrin, the Chayshech. We send it flying at Paro without even asking him, uh, you know, what he thinks without even giving him a way out. That's the highest level of authority, the highest level of Stoltz, of power. And, and, and pride and brazenness that Moshe has is representing the Rebbein Shalom. The Rebbein is not a man to Omar anymore. Par is not even a man to Omar. So that's fascinating. 
That, that, that's, that's fascinating. And that, something is emerging over here. And we're going to see, let, let's pause for a moment and speak this out. Something is beginning to emerge over here that is going to set up a theme that's going to run through a lot of the Maharal's ideas that he's going to share with us. And that is we see that, that part and parcel of the Makkas, thematic of the Makkas, is an idea, an exercise in authority and control and power and who ultimately has the authority, who has the control, and who has the power. And the Makkas weren't just about punishing Mitzrayim. The Makkas weren't just about the Mida Kenegad Mida, the measure for measure of everything that the Mitzrayim did to the Yidden, so we have to send them their justice. So it wasn't just about that. It was about making it clear that Ki Lashem HaMalucho Moshe Bagoyim that that um, that you, God, you have authority over everyone and everything, and you are the only true source of power. True control is really yours, and making that very clear to Paro. The Bacchus were there to accomplish this, to show Paro and Mitzrayim that authority, control, and power is not Paro's, it's Kilashem Amlucha, Va'atom Moshe Bakol. And Paro, as we know, one of Paro's, um, you know, uh, philosophies, and what Paro lived by was was the fact that he's in charge, and he has the authority, and he's the ultimate source of power. power. He's a self-contained source of power. Paro went as far as to say, Leah, Yor, Vani, the Nile's mine. I have created the Nile. I created Egypt. I created myself. Whatever that means, Paro is the premier Balgaiva. He is the premier person who is saying that he is the ultimate authority. He's the ultimate power, and God can take a back seat. God can take a back seat. We have to do with the Makkas is show Paro that he's wrong, and we're doing that in stages. Doing that in stages, giving Paro a chance still to yield on his own to God. Um, but we are making it clear that. You, the Rebbeinu, sole authority, power, and control is really yours, and that's what's happening. And we have A one, A two, A three, B two, B one, B two, B three, and C one, C two, C three is increasing displays and demonstrations of the fact that no authority is not really yours. Power, look, it's really Moshe as representing God, and. And, and there is an inverse proportion that's going on the whole way. Take a little bit more authority away from Paro, grant a little more authority to Moshe, a little bit more, a little bit more. And proportionally, the authority and the power of Paro diminishes as the stolts and the authority and the power of Moshe increases. Because we're doing that in stages. So that's a very interesting, a, a, a bit of a deep and a fascinating take on the Makkas. And, and, and again, this is what Rabbi Yehuda is really capturing over here, that we have... These, these, these developing themes of increasing Moshe slash HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Moshe representing HaKadosh Baruch Hu's power and authority and diminishing Paro. So that's the idea. Of Moshe first has to catch him on the fly. He's giving him a warning. And let's see if Paro gets it now. Let's see if Paro... We're not going to take away your entire authority. We're going to still give you the opportunity to yield that authority, submit that authority to God himself. Let's see what happens. So Moshe has to catch him on the go. Moshe has to catch him on the fly. Moshe has to catch him outside of his house even. 
very little shtoltz. Well, give him a warning, okay, a little bit of authority, but 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 very but very very little beyond that. Second Makkah, again, he goes into his house. There's much more authority, and and we're again as we increase, Maisha is representing Hashem's authority. We're decreasing power. Maisha walks right into the palace. He walked into the palace of the king, and you're telling the king that something very bad is giving the king threats. You know, how can a king allow that to happen? How can I be a king if you have the ability to do that? Territory, so I'm beginning to lose my authority a little bit. If you have the heart just to walk in, but at the same time, you're negotiating with me. You're negotiating with me, so you uh, you are clearly admitting that you're not you're not the total authority, or you don't have total empowerment because you have to deal with me, Paro. You have to deal, negotiate with Paro, um, still on Paro's terms. Paro's amanda amar, and the final mark again. We take away total authority, total power in Ganson. Paro's not consulted. He's not. He, he's not a player. He's not a man to Omar. Just the Makkah comes bulldozing his way into Mitzrayim, and that is a complete removal of Paro's authority. But now, why has that happened three times? So let's go right in the in the, in the Maral. Terrence says. Now we return to the other thing. Now both themes tie themselves together in one neat bow. That what? That we are we are we are gradually diminishing Paro's authority in all three zones. We're taking away Paro's authority. In increments from the lower zone, the middle zone, and the upper zone, lower region of, of, of existence, the middle region, and the upper region. That's what we're doing in, in, in terms of the A and the B and the C. Let's see that inside. Um, when we have A1, A2, and A3, yes, we, we went gradually in steps and increments to total removal of powers authority. But so far, we only did that in the lower region, the lower zone. <clears throat> we move on to the second time, the B's, B1, B2, and B3. Now we are doing the same process through the middle ground, the middle zone, where, where we live, where the human beings are, the middle zone in between the subterranean zone and sky zone, the grand zone, the above grand, the above grand zone. Um, I guess the below ground is subterranean, and the above ground must be the supraterranean, right? Supraterranean? Never heard that word before. But, you know, there's a big site I've always believed in Rabbi site. Just because you never heard of a word before doesn't mean you can't use it, right? And just because it's being said for the first time doesn't mean it's not a word. As long as I know what this means. Supraterranean means above ground. That's what it means, above ground. Yeah. What? There's another you said that a lot of people live by that just because you don't know what the word means doesn't mean you can't use it. I'm not a big believer in that one, but I see people doing that a lot. So if I say that's also a you said. Um, so, uh, so, so <clears throat> it's the same idea. We have to gradually take away Paro's stolt, his authority in all three regions of existence. And that accounts for the A, the B, and the C. Um, so we move to the ground zone, above ground, supraterranean. So we now have again in the Makkas that affect the ground. That's Adash, Arayv Devrin So Arayv, we catch power outside of his house because good Moshe demonstrates the power that he has no authority, zero authority in the regions of existence below ground, below ground. Above ground, Paro still is in control over there. So the first time, the first Makkah, Adash, uh, the Arif, we have to catch him outside of his house. Dever, we march into his house. And Shechin comes without any warning, without any warning. And now we've removed Paro's authority and power in the region of above ground, the above ground region. Um, we move on from there. So the third zone, the third region 
of 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 existence. The sky, sky is on shayim. Maybe all of makos shabay milamala as chazal l'seirushim. But then we also invite to have to start over again because we haven't yet challenged and toppled power from his authority in the uppermost level of existence in the sky zone. So again, we move on. The the the, the third set of makos starts with with barad, which is hail. I'm sorry, well, it is hail, yes, it, I'm not sorry about that, it is hail. But bar, which we do again, we catch power outside, we march into power's palace, and Chayshik comes without any warning, the three Makas that are there in the upper regions. The same thing, and we've now toppled power from his to- authority in totality in the upper regions. Shekol Asher Hoysa, Maka Yisrael Yoyne B'Madrego Hoya Maka Gedoyle V'Kosholov, as the higher that we get, the Makas have to increase in their intensity. Kamashin is bar lamala, kilu maschum echadosh. But we have to start all over again because each zone is a new zone. Each region is a new region. Um, each zone might even be a new region. Also, v'mekoyman is bar yosim. He's early in the safe. We we did that at greater length. And now the Ramchal says he's kind of giving us bullet ideas. He already told us that much earlier in the safe he goes through the psukim. He's now giving us packages and, and categorizations. And we could throw in as well over here, that brings us to the end of this paragraph, we could throw in as well that, again, we see this progression from below the ground to above the ground to above the above the ground. And the reason we go in that order is, is the, Ramchal, uh, the Maral threw out this idea that we start small steps and move up to big steps. To We don't challenge power starting from the top down to the bottom. We start from the bottom and go up to the top. And being that it's all about the, the struggle for authority, the struggle for power, who's really in charge. So the highest of authority clear is the sky zone, the, 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 the upper zones, the upper limits, the, the area of the, um, the, 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 the celestial area. The power again believes that he's a god. Paro believes he's a power. He can rival God. He can challenge God. He can put God in the back seat. He could put God in the trunk. He could put God in the caboose. That's what he really believes. Leave God behind the train station, right? Leave God behind the train station. If you're in charge, if you have the authority, things can get left behind the train stations. You guys know that? Train stations, sometimes they hook and unhook cars, they couple and uncouple. I remember, did you have Uvda? When I was younger, much younger, so in my family, you know, we used to take train trips. Um, we used to take train trips. Um, my father was a big, big train buff. So we used to, we loaded all the kids onto a train. Denver, Colorado, we'd take trains to the West Coast, all the way to uh, California. It was really a lot of fun. A couple, a few days, two days, three days. Um, and and uh, they would sometimes stop at train stations and, and switch cars up. You know, the, the dining car got switched for the for the um, sleeping car, the sleeping car gets switched for the cattle car, the cattle car gets switched for the, yeah, for the, um, I don't know, the buffalo car. But they, would, they would switch things around, the, the cargo car. So on one of these trips we had, um, we were coming back with, with a, we had a whole, um, we found this bakery in Los Angeles that had these delicious potato conditions that you couldn't get in Denver. So we had a whole bag of potato conditions and we, there was a dining car with a refrigerator, we had them in the refrigerator we came to Denver, Colorado, the knishas were not there anymore. No more potato knishas. But it's not the shot that someone stole the potato knishas. The, the, the refrigerator wasn't there anymore. The dining car wasn't there anymore. And my father worked it out. I think they got some, it was somewhere in Salt Lake City, I think. Adiyamas, I remember that it was in Salt Lake City. He made a cheshvan. That's where we lost the potato knishas. And in Salt Lake City, when we came, pulled into the train station, in Salt Lake City, they unhooked the, the, the dining car that had the refrigerators refrigerator car that had potato conditions and they replaced it with some other car and and we never found out who exactly got to enjoy those potato conditions in Salt Lake City but it wasn't us but when you're in charge of the train you can decide who's connected to the train who's not connected to the train Paro 
He believes he's in the locomotive. He believes he can get rid of those potato conditions whenever he wants. He can get rid of the Rebbeisham whenever he wants. And it's all coming from a conviction that he is a God. All the way there at the top. So if we're going to be toppling power from his power, region by region, zone by zone, we start at the bottom. We challenge Paro by the schmutz, by the dirt and the dust. That's not such a major challenge in affront to Paro's authority. Nope. If you're going to topple power of their power, I can deal with that. Because I still, my seat is there by the Kaychavim, right? My throne is up there by the stars. So you may have challenged my authority there on the ground. Okay, I'm willing to surrender that. Next zone is that's B. Zone B, the third set, of, this middle set of three Makas, Adash, we're challenging a power's authority above the ground, in the, you know, the, the middle region, man, where man, the habitat of man and animals, and that also topples Paro from, from that zone and region. And again, Paro, though, is, okay, Seder, I may have had to have surrendered over there, you toppled me over there, but I'm still fest with my real seat of power, which is in the heavens, because I believe I'm a god. You have not yet toppled me, and that's why we save the highest and the most, the most, um, powerful um, challenge to Paro's authority, self-appointed self, 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 uh, authority. For the last, the upper, the, the final region is the sky zone, the upper regions, the celestial areas, and that's the final area where we top a power because then, now there's no way out of them or, uh, anymore. Paro's clearly not a god if we went all the way to the upper regions where the gods hang out and we tap a power over there. Okay, very good. So we'll stop over here, Mr. Shem. Next week we will continue either on Sunday or Monday. There's no Sunday morning breakfast to learn. Should we do this on Sunday? Any reason not to go right there on Sunday? Should we wait till... I mean, why not, right? There's no breakfast to learn? So no breakfast to learn this Sunday? No breakfast to learn this Sunday. No. No. The Kailo's officially breakfast to learn program is on break till after Pesach. So yeah, let's, let's be Mamshach Sunday. Yes, Sunday after Shach. We'll continue. And we're going to see the Maral is going to be um, furthering his exploration of the triplets over here.